I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome in to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. Hope you're having a fantastic one out there. A lot of breaking news, a lot of things developing, uh, both here in the state of Utah and uh, back in Washington, D.C., and we're going to go wall-to-wall with that uh, today. A lot, of, uh, a lot of things to cover, a lot of things to get you updated on. And more importantly today, I want to give you a few things to be thinking about as we look at the upcoming impeachment inquiry proceedings that will kick off uh, in the public phase tomorrow. We'll break that down a little bit, what to watch for, what to ignore completely, uh, which is going to be a vast majority of it. Uh, There's going to be a lot of political posturing going on there. So I want to give you a a few things to look for and a few things to avoid as we start rolling into that. Also, very important, uh, we are just 10 days away from another government shutdown. So that is looming. So I want to give you a few things to watch for and a few things to ignore as it relates to that. We've also got uh, hearings going on today uh, in the Supreme Court of the United States uh, relating to the DACA uh, program again for these are young people who were brought into the country illegally when when they were minors when they were under the age of 16 and uh, of course we had the Obama administration uh, who did that by executive order President Trump uh, undid it by executive order and uh, we continue to battle in the courts uh, and so I want to go through that uh, we obviously won't get a, a result on that probably until the spring when uh, the court will release its rulings. But I want to talk through a couple of things in the some of the implica- implications and some of the indictments that that come uh, as a result of where we are as it relates to our immigration system here in the United States and what Congress continues to refuse to do uh, to correct it and fix it. Uh, if anything else, the the hearings today in the United States Supreme Court is an absolute indictment uh, on the legislative branches in the United States of America, that they have failed to act so that presidents of both party have taken unilateral action through executive order. And this is what happens. This is not how the country is supposed to be governed. So we're going to break that down a little bit as we go through the day today. We're also going to take a uh, quick look. Uh, my good friend, Mark Sanford, uh, former governor of South Carolina, presidential candidate was running on the Republican side announced uh, just moments ago uh, as reported by Mark Jackson that uh, he is uh, bowing out of the presidential race. He was going to challenge President Trump on the Republican side of the ticket. He was in New Hampshire today. 
and made some very interesting comments, and we're going to break those down. I'm going to try to see if we can't get Mark to join us here later on in the program uh, to break down his platform, why uh, it just didn't catch fire and get some traction with voters. And a lot of that, of course, has to do with everything else going on in Washington, D.C. that is preventing us from having the nuanced conversations to have the conversations about the things that really have long-term implications like debt and the deficit and how we're spending uh, our immigration system and so on. Uh, Mark's a a great thinker, uh, regardless of what you think about his politics. uh, He is an earnest guy uh, who gave it a great shot and was willing to step into the fray multiple times, uh, made his mistakes politically to be sure, uh, owned them all, and uh, has stepped forward and uh, become a really interesting voice uh, as it comes to this idea of debt and deficits. We are $23 trillion in debt in this country. Uh, Many of our military leaders, think about this, military leaders are saying that the number one threat to the country is not Russia, is not China, is not North Korea, is not the Ukraine. The number one threat to our freedoms here in this country is our national debt. And Mark Sanford tried to make a case to the American people, to the Republicans in particular, that it's time to have that conversation. Uh, And with all the other noise and chatter and clamor coming out of Washington, D.C., it just didn't get any oxygen or any traction. So hopefully we'll be able to get Mark on the line before the hour is done. If not, we'll catch him tomorrow to be sure uh, to get a little update on how that played out for him, what he learned in the process, and what he thinks the future looks like for these kinds of critical conversations, uncomfortable conversations here in our country. Because if we can't have those, we really can't have a lot else. Uh, Everything else is a lot of window dressing, a lot of noise, a lot of political posturing. And if we can't transcend that and talk about the real issues, uh, we have bigger issues on the horizon. So we'll continue to monitor and watch that as we go throughout the day today. Also wanted to just give a, uh, a quick update on uh, former President Jimmy Carter, uh, who had surgery today to relieve some swelling. Uh, he's had uh, a series of falls uh, over the last month or so, and uh, so he is resting. The surgery apparently is complete now, and he is uh, resting there in the hospital. Our uh, best wishes and prayers to the former president, who who really showed uh, something interesting. It's something I think we should think about uh, as it relates to our current uh, politicians and people in high office. And that is, the, and it's a question that I, I often ask of candidates, and it's the one question I think every voter should think about before they cast a vote for anybody at any level, whether that's a mayor's race, a governor's race, a, a congressional race, senator's race, whatever it may be, uh, the question you should ask yourself is how will this person make a difference if they run for office and lose? What are they going to do? How are they going to make a difference outside of what you know what their next job is or how they're going to make a dollar? The question you should ask yourself always about a politician is how will they make a difference out of office uh, to to really move things forward in a positive way. And I, I think the former president, Jimmy Carter, did an extraordinary job in his post-presidency, not grabbing a lot of headlines, not trying to be the center of attention, not trying to race around the world getting speaking fees and books, uh, although he did speak, he did write for sure, uh, but he spent a lot of time just doing good, building houses, uh, working with the poor and the homeless, and doing some really extraordinary things, and, and that's a good model. And so as you look at uh, our current elected officials, uh, 
What do you see them doing when they're not in office? If if everything they do has to be consultant certified and pollster approved so that they can stay in office, they can maintain power, that's probably not the person we should have in power. And I think the uh, former president showed that you can run on principle, you can govern on principle, you can lose because of your principles, and you can still go out and make a difference. Uh, That's a, a far more important question and a far more meaningful legacy uh, than anything that's going to happen uh, in marbled halls or uh, in uh, chambers uh, back in Washington, D.C. So, again, our, our best wishes and prayers to uh, former President Jimmy Carter uh, as he recovers from his surgery there. We wish him nothing but the best. And knowing how resilient he is, uh, I'm sure he'll be back teaching Sunday school uh, real soon. Uh, even after he uh, fractured his pelvis, he was back the next, <laughs> the next Sunday teaching Sunday school because that's his job. Uh, that's what he does, and that's one way that he makes a difference. So great, great example to us there. All right, we're going to go ahead and, and step aside. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Scott Keller. An exciting announcement yesterday, groundbreaking down at Utah Valley University. You want to hear all about this. Stay with us. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Don't go anywhere. This is KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Sources. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And uh, we're going to go rapid fire over the next couple of segments. We've got uh, Dan Clark joining us now, and then we'll have Scott Keller, uh, who was part of this great new building groundbreaking yesterday down at UVU. And then we'll continue to talk about what's happening in terms of government funding, potential government shutdown, uh, all things impeachment. And the thing I want you to just get locked in your head is to beware of the fake fight and the false choice. And we're going to hit that in our final segment coming up at 11.50 here today. Uh, But I am absolutely thrilled to be joined right now by one of the most positive guys on the planet, Dan Clark. Dan, how are you doing today? Good, Brother Boyd. How are you? You're one of my heroes. You're a hero to all of us. You you are a good man, and uh, so appreciate you carving out some time uh, for for some of our listeners who may not be as familiar. Although I think everybody on the planet it knows Dan Clark or is a friend of Dan Clark, uh, just because of the way you live and the way you reach out to people to make a difference. And one of the things that I have just loved over the years, Dan, is your commitment to the men and women in our military. You have traveled to Iraq and Afghanistan and Africa. Uh, tell us just quickly, uh, what are some of the key things that you learn from our men and women in uniform that you then go and share all over the world? Yeah, I've been doing it for many, many years, but it's an honor. I love our military and honor their families. You know, the one thing I love about you, Boyd, and about your show is that you cut through the clutter of fake news and you don't focus in on who's right but what's right. So when it comes to the military, we have to be apolitical. It's not a Democrat. It's not a Republican. It's not a left or right or libertarian. It's not any side of the aisle. We have to support and fully fund our military 
because those are the ones, those are the men and women and their families out of uniform who absolutely allow you to have this radio show that allow me to be a, a professional speaker that allow us to, uh, to have the freedoms we enjoy. So I love your question. Maybe I could just cut right to the, 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 the chase because you're only giving me a couple of minutes. Maybe you'll have me back on. <laughs> we will definitely have you back. <laughs> what happens when you visit Afghanistan, Iraq, Africa, you know, Addis Ababa, Abermunch, wherever our, 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 our troops are in harm's way, downrange as we call it, you realize that the reason why we're still at war after the terrorists attacked our country in, in, in 9-11, 2001, is because they did not attack our country, Boyd. Mm. They did not attack a landmass. They did not try to overthrow our government. They attacked what we believe in, which means living in America does not make you an American. America was founded on a specific belief. And you think about the preamble of the Declaration of Independence, that we hold these truths, you know, they're self-evident, that they're inalienable rights guaranteed by our Creator. And at some point, we've got to cut through the left side of the aisle, the right side of the aisle, and realize why our country is set up the way it is. And don't get me on my conservative soapbox, but in another time, let's talk politics. Because when you have a, a, a leftist side wanting to, to, to do away with, with our, our, our college, when they want to give it to the popular vote, the scary thing is, is when the, when the inmates start running the prison, when the players start running the NBA, all hell breaks loose. At some point, we got to realize you can't have the tail wagging the dog, and we have got to focus back in on our fundamentals of constitutional law. Yes, and stop trying to re- replace capitalism with socialism. And the reason I bring this up and tie it into veterans is because these men and women are willing to give up their lives for what this country represents and what it was founded on. Right. And now we have these quackos running for office who are already in political office who are trying to undermine and completely change what our founding fathers had in mind and turn our capitalistic, free market, incentive-motivated system into socialism. God forbid, so I'll stop ranting right now, but (laughs) we have to be a country, we have to be a people, we have to be individual families who are worth fighting for. Yes, and that's that's one of the points... And that's such a critical point. If you're just joining us, we have Dan Clark on the line with us, uh, motivational speaker, author, podcaster, uh, but a guy who spends a lot of time giving back and engaging, particularly with our military and and with all kinds of groups around the country and around the world. Uh, And Dan, just in our our last couple of minutes, uh, I just want you to hit, uh, just give me a, a rapid fire. Uh, as you've interacted with these great men and women in our military, uh, just give me what are the what are the top just quick hit leadership lessons that we all ought to be looking at and that we all ought to be hoping get applied, especially in the coming weeks of impeachment trials and government shutdowns and all of those kinds of things. What are the what are the two or three principles that you're just watching saying somebody please as a leader demonstrate what our men and women in uniform do every day? 
we're in a political cycle. We need to watch our, those men and women running for political office to see how they how they act when the Star Spangled Banner is playing. Play mm. as simple as that. Wow. When we're at, at, at events, when we're at especially sporting events, do they stand for the flag? Do they stop talking? Do they put their hand over their heart? I was in Balad. I would visit Balad Hospital in Baghdad. And I'm there for two different nights. I've been downrange eight different times. And when you see three KIA, I mean, three young men that are blown to bits come into the hospital, and you see one soldier who was killed in action, and his mm. battle buddy is spending the night standing at attention at his coffin, draped by the flag. Mm. And you wake up the next morning early at dawn and watch the Marines, watch the, the men and women in uniform carefully handle and hold the flag and then hoist it and salute it and realize that it's just a piece of cloth or a piece of nylon. But what it represents, especially tied into Veterans Day, is so much larger than any of us. One of the great lessons of leadership that I've learned from the military, especially downrange when they could be killed at any moment, is their respect for the flag, the respect for the American Constitution. Colonel Blair Hansen, who was the, the, the commander at Blood Air Base in Baghdad, he carried a pocket copy of the Constitution in his back pocket at all times, realizing that our military, they don't fight for the President of the United States. Right. They fight and defend the Constitution, which affects all of us from every race and every gender. Wow. So with limited time, I'm just using my precious time to answer your question. All of us need to stand for the flag. Oh. All of us need to pay tribute to the, to the principles that have never changed, regardless if you're Republican or Democrat. There are certain things that we need to focus in on. Oh, you know, sequestration, a continuous resolution is no way to fund our military <laughs> or keep our government alive. Yeah, that's Folks it. In, 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 in Washington, D.C., and all of us who vote need to only vote for those politicians who are willing to fully support and fund the military. Fantastic. That's what I've learned about leadership that applies to every single one of us as oh. we have the opportunity to vote to support our military. All right, Dan Clark, that is fantastic. And that that was not what I was expecting today, but that is exactly the that is fantastic. Uh a lot of our decisions are made by what we observe. Uh, and Dan just shared with all of us something I don't think any of us were thinking about. Oh, what should I look for in a politician? What should I look for in a leader? Uh their respect for the flag and the constitution. Dan, we will have you back to continue this conversation. Thanks for all you do out there. Keep making it happen. Uh, we'll talk soon. No, thanks for cutting through the fake news. You're the you're the voice of reason. I love you. I honor you, brother. Thanks, Dan. Dan Clark, uh, stay with us here on KSL News Radio. When we come back, we'll have Scott Keller joining us. A new building at UVU, broken ground yesterday. We'll talk about that. And again, big thanks to Dan Clark for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. We'll be right back. source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. 
Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us today. A lot of breaking news, a lot of things happening uh, today. Just had a great conversation with uh, Dan Clark. And, uh, you know, it's always interesting. Uh, It's so easy to conflate uh, all of the political components with the patriotic component. I think we always have to be very, very careful uh, about how we do that, uh, because you can be a great patriot, whether you are a liberal Democrat or a conservative Republican or a libertarian or anything in between. uh, That is not the measure of patriotism. Uh, And those are we have to get back to the principles. What are the core principles that matter? So just want to make sure we're always staying on track there. And I appreciate our text uh, line uh, and all of you who've weighed in there. uh, Some great feedback, as always. You can do that on our uh, Utah Community Credit Union text line five, seven, five, zero, zero. You can always weigh in there. Also, uh, as we mentioned earlier, as Mark Jackson broke the news that uh, Mark Sanford has dropped out of the uh, race for the presidency on the Republican side. Uh, Mark's a friend of mine, and he's going to actually join us coming up here at 1150. Uh, talk about debt and the deficit and what's going on in the country there. And uh, so stay with us. Mark Sanford will join us uh, coming up here shortly. Uh, but right now, I am thrilled to have join us Scott Keller uh, on the line. Scott, thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. My pleasure. You you had a big day yesterday down at uh, Utah Valley University, uh, groundbreaking for a new uh, business building that will house the business school there at Utah Valley University. Uh, that's a great day. Tell us about that. I was asked by President Tuminas to uh, consider making a donation to the new business building to be constructed over the next 24 months with the groundbreaking starting yesterday. I was not at a point in my career to donate the funds, that kind of, those kind of funds at this stage of my career, but I gave it a thought for a week or week and a half and thought, you know, it's, it's time to start giving back and especially with it directed towards education and UVU, where I have student housing uh, facility there that houses 12 to 1,400 beds, Wolverine Crossing. And where I am tied to UVU and also on the National Advisory Board at UVU, uh, I have become attached and have become very fond of the campus, of the university, of its trajectory, 12, 13 years ago when I bought, uh, it was called Parkway uh, Crossing at the time, mm-hmm. and I rebranded and called it the Wolverine Crossing. <laughs> Love that. It was a tough, <laughs> tough deal to turn around, but at the time there were twenty five or 26,000 students, and so I anticipated that the university would continue to grow and made that investment, and today they are 41,000 students, amazing. the largest university campus in the state of utah yeah scott i want scott i want to jump in and and uh, give our our listeners just a a little feel and flavor you're being incredibly modest on a on a day like today (laughs) uh so i'm going to do a little for you here uh you have just an extraordinary story and an amazing career 35 years uh keller investment properties uh and i think one of the things that that got me excited I, i i read the uh, statement from President Tuminez, and uh, she and I often talk about this on air, and that is there there is something about the UVU student that just has this grit and tenacity and this desire to, to make their version of the American dream happen. 
uh, and that's that's what you did uh, throughout your career. You just took things on. You made things happen. Uh, you've had extraordinary success. And then most important, as always, you, you not only had great success, but you immediately started to give back. And I've seen you do that in everything from the political space to charitable contributions and everything in between. Uh, and to me, this business building uh, with your name on it, and, and I know Karen gets a lot of the credit as well, because and rightly so, because she keeps you on the right path there. Uh, the two of you uh, have done so much to just show this this is what it takes. You can pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and uh, you can live the American dream. And I think having that business school on UVU campus uh, will just be extraordinary. Well, yes. Uh, was that a question or was that a statement? <laughs> <laughs> it was a statement. Give us, give us one quick thought here. We've got just a minute uh, or two left. Uh, give, give us a quick thought well, as you started okay. digging that uh-huh. dirt yesterday. What did that mean to you? Well, yesterday, you know, it, it's it sticks and bricks. It's a wonderful building to allow others to come and gather and congregate and become more learned, to establish friendships, to network to decide what they want to do in life, maybe even meet a spouse. Uh, This building will be a facility that may be a starter for many, many students. UVU has an open policy that anyone can come, and some may not ever be able to get into other institutions. But this institution here, with their trajectory and this open-door policy, will allow others to cultivate opportunity and develop talents that they wouldn't have otherwise have had the opportunity. To have our name on on a building like that is certainly an honor, and uh, we uh, are flattered that we we would even be considered, especially when the likes of Huntsman's and Eccles and Gardeners and others have been so philanthropically involved. And I became so, Karen and I became so, probably in about 2010 or 11 when Mitt was running for president of the United States. And we provided funds as well as a venue and raised funds and got involved. And we, it it then parlayed into philanthropic causes and we became involved, as you stated, Boyd, and and, uh, it became contagious. Yeah. And uh, and it, it's a wonderful blessing to be able to give back. Oh, that's fantastic. Scott Keller joining us on the line. Scott, I appreciate you carving out some time. I know it's been a busy 24 hours for you, but uh, again, exciting news. Utah Valley University's new business building, the Scott C. and Karen Keller uh, building there on the UVU campus. Scott, thanks so much for joining us today and for all you do in our uh, community here in Utah. Thank you, boy. Thanks for all you do. All right. Very good. We'll get you back on again real soon there, Scott, as well. Uh, so we're we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to break a little bit early here. Uh, and we're, when we come back, we're going to do a little tee-up in terms of things to be watching out for. And then, as I mentioned, we're going to be joined by Mark Sanford, uh, former governor of South Carolina. Uh, and he just announced that he is uh, stepping away from his uh, battle to take on President Trump for the GOP nomination. We'll have him live on the air with us coming up. So don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. You're listening to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources. Today I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for staying with us throughout the hour. And uh, remember, every day, 9 to 11, you get a different conversation with Dave and Deb. And then join me from 11 to noon on Inside Sources 
We'll help you make the news make sense, connect the dots, and really get down to what is real. Uh, and that's an important thing for us to get to in the days ahead is what is actually real. Uh, we'll be joined shortly uh, by my friend Mark Sanford, uh, who, as Mark Jackson uh, has been reporting this hour, uh, has announced that he will suspend his presidential run uh, for the GOP nomination against President Trump. We'll get his take on that uh, coming up here just in a couple of minutes. Uh, but as we rocket into the rest of this week, uh, there's a host of things going on. And I want you to implant this on the front of your brain uh, for the next month and a half. It is all going to be about the fake fight and the false choice. Uh, Washington, that is Washington's model uh, for all things these days, that you have this fake fight followed by a false choice. One of the things we're going to talk to Mark Sanford about was his focus on deficit spending and the national debt, $23 trillion in debt. Uh, currently, we are just a few days away from another government shutdown. Uh, with that threat, I think we have until the 21st uh, before the money runs out. And so this is what you're going to see happen on that front. We'll talk about impeachment in a minute. Uh, On the funding front, you will see that the Republicans and the Democrats are each going to have their talking points, and they're going to have a shouting match. They're going to have this fake fight uh, about uh, we have to fund the government. We can't let the government shut down right before Thanksgiving and the holidays. Uh, All of the parade of horribles will be on display, and the Republicans will do it, and the Democrats will do it. But you have to realize this is a fake fight. Mitch McConnell, Republican leader in the Senate, along with Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate, along with Nancy Pelosi and the Republicans in the House, have already decided, they have already decided that this fake fight is going to end in a choice, which is going to be to continue, have a continuing resolution. A continuing resolution is just a fancy way of saying, we're just going to keep spending your money and money we do not have uh, until someone makes us stop. So we'll have a fake fight for a few days, and then next week, probably on the 21st, late in the evening, we'll be presented the false choice of this is what has to be done, and the spending will roll on. Uh, So we're going to see the fake fight and the false choice. We'll see that in the impeachment proceedings. We're seeing it in the DACA proceedings uh, and a host of others, and so we have to get to what is real. Uh, Very thrilled to be joined right now by uh, good friend Mark Sanford. Uh, who understands what is real and has been trying to raise his voice and raise the country's awareness that we got to get past the fake fight and the false choice, or we're going to end up with a result that nobody likes. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining us today. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So so you announced today uh, there in New Hampshire that you are going to suspend your uh, your run for the presidency. Uh, tell us what what was this really all about? As you took this on, you you declared it yourself that this was uh, within the parentheses of a crazy idea. Uh, what was that crazy idea, and why was this effort worth it to you? I mean, the crazy idea from the start was, how do you interject to the point of what you were just getting at, a, a conversation in this presidential race uh, uh, about how much we're spending and how we pay for all this stuff? And it's a really simple question of do we believe in math in the United States of America? Because our math at at just profound levels does not add up in Washington, D.C., and we're sleepwalking our way toward the most predictable financial crisis in the history of man. And it's not a part of this presidential debate. It's not a part of the national discussion. 
And I, I got into the race because I, I thought maybe, and it had been admittedly long shot. I was up front about that from the very start. Right. A long shot, but, but certainly worth doing if we could, again, interject this one issue of debt, deficit, government spending into this presidential debate, because that's a chance we have once every four years to discuss things like this. Yeah. Um, and that's what it's been about. Uh, but what I didn't anticipate is that there'd be an impeachment, which has come along twice before <laughs> in the history of our country. Right. But that's where we are. Yeah, and it, it's so vital. Uh, you know, we've been talking about it in the, the framework of this uh, fake fight and false choice. You've been there in Washington during some of these continuing resolution battles. Uh, just give a, a quick hit description for our, our listeners. What does that look like and feel like inside the halls of Congress as you're kind of being strong-armed into, hey, the, the only choice is to shut the government down or we got to just keep spending, as you said, math that just doesn't work? Uh, well, I mean, just put it this way. If you ran a business or your household based on whatever we spent last year, we'll just spend it again this year, <laughs> you'd go out of business in no time. I mean, the, the nature of reshuffling the cards, even if you keep government constant, is vital to being competitive. I mean, there's no business out there that says, we can spend what we spent last year. I mean, no, they reshuffle the cards. They said, this program or this product worked. We're going to put more money in now. We're going to take money out over here because this one isn't working. But your government does not do that. And it's it's just among the different inefficiencies that you see on a daily basis uh, when you're actually walking the halls of Congress. Yeah. Uh, Mark, as you've been traveling around the country, I, I know you did uh, a, a complete tour. You, you actually cruised right through the state of Utah here, stopped by to see us on your uh, Kids Were Broke and We Don't Even Know It tour. Uh, what did you learn talking to the American people about their perspective on all of this debt and deficit spending? I, I, what I learned is that there is a remarkable reservoir of common sense with the American public. Um People get it because they know math works in their lives, in their family budget. They know it works in the business budget. So running a small business, the number of small business people I've talked to in, in then telling me stories of how they've had to bootstrap and make things work. But, you know, they just this, this is what you got to do to make the numbers work. So I think that people get it, but I think they've been profoundly underserved by people in uh, elected leadership. Either they've been offered promises that aren't real. So the president said, you know, if you elect me, I will eliminate the debt over the eight years that I might be in office. That was his promise. Right. And it sounded pretty good. And, I mean, I would vote for that, too. But, in fact, what he's proposed are budgets that raise the debt by $9 trillion. He signed off on debt deals that increase in the short term, spending by a third of a trillion dollars over the next two years, and add another $2 trillion of debt. And so, you know, he hasn't done what he said he would do on that front. And similarly, the Congress basically is always looking for an excuse to spend more. And so they're not really talking about it. And, and, and you know, there was a book years ago, Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. It talks about how fundamentally we're social beings and we, like the, the antelope herd in the plains of the Serengeti, you look to the left – and if they're not worried about it, and you look to your right, they're not worried about it. I guess I don't need to worry worried about it because you can't figure out everything in life, and you do take a lot of cues from the way that other people react to to what supposedly might be a problem. And if if in the presidential debate, what we've seen is zero discussion of debt, deficit, government spending by yeah. any of the Democratic candidates, 
and it's not being talked about on the Republican side, well, I guess I don't need to be worried about it. So I would say people get it, but, but what they also do is they take cues from other people, and given the fact that nobody seems to be worried about it, it's not being talked about at the, the candidate or presidential level or the congressional level, well, I, I guess we're okay. Yeah. But that is going to be the seeds of our undoing as a civilization if we don't get ahead of this. Yeah, it's such a it's such a critical conversation. It is one of those uncomfortable conversations we have got to figure out how to get comfortable with uh, and actually have. I think we need a new uh, slogan of just make math work again. Uh, I think would, exactly. would be a good part of that. Well, Mark, I know you've got a very uh, a very busy day today, and uh, I want you to know how much we appreciate you raising what I think is a crucial conversation and bringing about a real conversation. Uh, again, getting us past the fake fights and the the false choice and stepping into the arena uh, for the presidency. And uh, we have uh, great confidence that your vital voice uh, still has a lot of places to play out there. Thanks for your effort. You're very kind. Take good care. All right. That's Mark Sanford, a former governor of South Carolina, former uh, presidential candidate on the Republican side, just announced uh, from New Hampshire just moments ago, as reported here on KSL, that uh, he is stepping out of the presidential race. And again, it was a race really to take on this battle. I mean, it is make math work again. I'm not a big math guy, but when you're talking about numbers like $23 trillion in debt, uh, it It is going to happen, and it will hurt the poor and the most vulnerable among us the most. And we've got to get to that kind of conversation. So I, I appreciate Mark Sanford giving it a run, uh, traveling across the country with that message that we need to get our fiscal house in order uh, in order to continue to have the freedoms and the opportunities that all of us enjoy right here in the United States of America. And it's easy to focus on the fake fights and the false choices. We serve them up, uh, especially in the national media every day. And we've got to learn to transcend that. We've got to ask better and harder questions of our elected officials. And we will continue to do that here on Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for being with us here today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll also have my interview with Doris Kearns Goodwin on leadership lessons from the presidency on Thursday. So stay with us for that. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.